0: Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 44, Caroless and Cleopatra's Underwater Palace. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. So today's episode was inspired by an actual underwater city, or sometimes called a palace, which I recently just did a bit of research on, and It was Cleopatra's palace, Cleopatra of Egypt. And this city was lost for 1,600 years because it sunk down into the Mediterranean Sea after there were earthquakes and tidal wave that, um, I think a tidal wave, that basically caused the land to shift and the city sunk undersea. And it was over... I think about 20 years ago that they archaeologists discovered this underwater city um, that was remains of the Palace of Cleopatra. So it's called Cleopatra's Palace. So they found all sorts of really, really cool stone statues underneath there, which um, are all featured in today's story. So I'll let you discover them in the story. And one word I wanted to clear up so you're going to hear it in the story is that for a sphinx, which is like the half, with the human head and the lion body, the sphinxes, the mythical creatures of old Egypt, the plural of them is sphinges. So when you hear that in the story, you're going to know that I'm talking about two sphinx that are plural sphinges. So I just wanted to clear that up. Um, Let's see if there's anything else before we get started. Oh, one other thing, which I'll talk about at the end. A couple of you, um, or more than a couple, have listeners have reached out so generously and wanted to know how they could contribute to Gooptales. And I'm just so appreciative because I really love making these. So I am going to tell you um, what I did at the end of the story. So I made that possible for you guys. So I will see you on the other side. If Caroless was spoiled a bit, I'm sure I never heard of it. She always did, as she was told. She did not whine, she did not scold, but she was careless everywhere. Her mother found it hard to bear. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a respectful and captivating Little goop girl called Caroless. She was the apple of her parents' eyes. Caroless lit up the household with her charming giggle (laughs) and brilliant smile. Her parents were so entertained by her that from time to time they spoiled her by letting her stay up far past her bedtime, or allowing her to have an extra scoop of mint chip ice cream with hot fudge on top. For the most part, Caroless did no wrong, at least not intentionally. But she did have one trait that did not make her parents smile. Caroless could be quite forgetful and careless. When she was doing her homework, she was easily distracted by a cat meow, meow, or the sounds of a distant ice cream truck. And she would carelessly whiz through her math problems and mark incorrect answers. When she was outside playing, she would often take off her bonnet and leave it lying about. Her mother said she would no longer buy Carol S. a new bonnet unless she found at least one of the many she had already lost. Her favorite doll, Luna, was always being left behind, which made Luna feel unwanted. Caroless had to constantly reassure Luna that she was loved and that she wasn't left behind on purpose. Luna just stared back at Caroless, as if to say, Then why do you leave me over and over again? One of Caroless' favorite goop friends was I lost him. He was always losing things. And it didn't bother him a bit of Carol S. was careless. The two of them were like two peas in a pod. One blustery fall day, Carol S. grabbed Luna and set off to meet I lost him. They had made plans to find a keyhole that I lost him had read about in a goop world history book. According to the book, somewhere deep in Goop World, there was a large hidden keyhole in a brick wall that was covered by ivy. On the other side of the keyhole was a lost world that promised adventure. I was very patient and thoughtful, so he took the time to research all the brick walls in Goop World and then he determined which ones had ivy growing on them. There were exactly five walls with ivy. He knew that the hidden keyhole had to be in one of the five walls. I lost him had a huge collection of lost keys scattered throughout his house, so he went through the house and found as many keys as he could, because he thought that at least one of them would work on the hidden keyhole. Ilostum managed to find ten lost keys, and he felt rather proud of himself, even though he was the one who had lost them in the first place. Ilostum and Carol S. met up under an old oak tree and started off toward the first ivy-colored wall. Carol S., we are well prepared. I have made a little map,
1: of all the ivy walls that could have the keyhole, and we will just have to go to them one by one and search until we find the keyhole or until we have to move on to the next wall, said I lost him.
0: Now that is a grand idea, and you have planned well, replied Caroless, as she swung Luna around excitedly. Okay. The first wall isn't too far off. Let me lead the way, replied I lost him. Then he turned to Carol and sheepishly said, Will you hold the keys that I found? I don't want to lose them again. Of course I will, answered Carol with great pride. She wasn't usually entrusted with keys. They soon found the first ivy-covered wall. It was gorgeous with thick green ivy crawling up a brick wall. Their eyes grew wide with excitement. Ilostum immediately began to scour the wall and look through the ivy. Carol carefully set down Luna and the keys and hurried towards the wall to help Aylostom search. They turned over every ivy leaf one after another. But there was no keyhole. Don't
1: worry, Caroless. There are four more walls to explore. Off we
0: go, said Ilostum. Caroless beamed. She knew they would find the keyhole. Ilostum pulled out the tiny map he had made and led the way with Caroless close behind. The next wall was even more beautiful than the first one. It was draped in red ivy that hung from the top of the wall in an uneven shape. Light green ivy climbed up from the earth below and intersected the red, creating a stunning piece of nature art. Caroless felt a tiny thrill run through her. She looked over at Ilostum and said, This is it. I can feel it. This is the wall. Me too, replied I lost him, who could barely contain his enthusiasm. Let's find the keyhole. The two of them started to turn over the leaves one by one. They went through leaf after leaf, but still no keyhole. But it's here. I can feel it, said Carol S. Then she pointed up and said, I lost him. Let me stand on your shoulders and I can reach the high-up leaves. So she popped up on Ilostum's shoulders and started to look under the ivy as he stood strong below. One by one she went, not missing a single leaf. And then, there it was, the shiny keyhole peering right at her. I found it! I found it! called out Carol S. Wahoo! Now try the keys. One of them should fit, answered back I lost them. Caroless reached into her pocket where she had placed the keys, but it was empty. She had carelessly left the keys and Luna behind at the last wall. Caroless felt so awful, she cried a saltwater tear and pressed her eyeball all the way up to the keyhole. To try and see what was on the other side. Then she just disappeared into the keyhole with a tiny bubbling sound. I lost him, looked up, and she had vanished. Chapter Two Carol S. squeezed her eyes tight as she felt water flood all around her she was submerged in a sea of salt water. The sea was gently lapping above her head as Carol S. floated along facing downward. She felt a little tickling at her feet and finally opened her eyes and looked back to see a tiny red fish with spiky fins scurrying away. Carol S. was discombobulated. She had no idea where she was or what to do next, so she called out to the fish in a bubbly underwater voice: "Oh, hello, redfish! Do you think you could tell me where I am?" The little red fish stopped zooming away and turned back to look at Carol S. He cocked his head sideways and then said,
1: "Are you talking to me?"
0: "Why, yes." Yes, I am. I've just arrived here in the sea, and I don't know anyone. And I would like to have a friend. Maybe you? Burbled out Caroless, as sweetly as she could. The little red spiky fish let out a huge smile and said, I'm so
1: happy to hear that. I thought you may try and catch me for your dinner.
0: Who would ever do that? exclaimed Caroless.
1: Oh, there are plenty of fishermen
0: and many other
1: underwater predators who would love to have me as a snack. Allow me to introduce myself. My name
0: is Otta. It means prince. Then he laughed and went on to explain that since he lived in Cleopatra's palace, his parents thought it would be a good name. Well, my name is Carol S., but how can you live in a palace if you're a fish? said Carol Otto went on to tell Carol S. all about Cleopatra's palace. Cleopatra was the young, beautiful queen of Egypt over 2,000 years ago. She lived in the city of Alexandria on the Mediterranean Sea. There were many attacks on Egypt during her reign and she died at the age of thirty-nine. After her death, the city of Alexandria that Cleopatra had ruled seemed to disappear. Well,
1: that is what everyone thought, but the creatures of the sea know what really happened to Alexandria,
0: said Otta. What do you mean? asked Caroless, who was hanging on to his every word, trying to envision Cleopatra and her palace.
1: What I mean is that earthquakes and a huge tidal wave toppled the palaces on the waterfront, and they sunk down into the sea and to the ocean floor. It is a giant jigsaw puzzle of palaces beneath us, an entire underwater city,
0: said Atta proudly as he puffed his spiky chest. Caroless could hardly stand it. She wanted to begin exploring immediately. What could be more enticing than an underwater palace? Let's go! Let's go now! I can't wait to explore! She squealed. Of
1: course we can. I will show you the way, but you must follow me closely and do as I say. There are predators that live below, and they would love to have you, or me, for a snack. You especially need to watch out for an angel shark named Squatina. Don't be fooled by her name. She is no angel. Laughed Otta. She will lie buried beneath the sand with just her eyes sticking out, so you can't even see her. And then she will zoom out and capture you. You won't have to worry about Squatina if you are attentive and follow me. I know all her tricks. Now come on, let's go.
0: Atta dove down beneath the water, with Caroless following right behind. He swam in and out of rocks and through narrow passageways until he reached a giant stone lion with his paw on a huge ball made of stone. The lion was guarding the entry to the underwater palace. Atta turned around to make sure that Carol S. was close behind, and then he motioned for her to continue as he swam past the lion, who gave Atta almost imperceptible nod. Carolus found herself in an underwater wonderland. Everywhere she looked, there were ancient ruins that formed an aquatic city. All of her boring history books suddenly came to life as she saw the Greek god Hermes, the head of a Roman empress, and ancient Egyptian birds all in the form of stone statues living in an underwater palace. There were two perfect sphingis that held their heads high and proud as they surveyed the submerged scenery. There was a coiled stone serpent who seemed to be on the lookout for any wrongdoing. It was so much to take in all at once, and Atta was moving so quickly. Caroless desperately wanted to slow down and examine everything more closely. So she swam off and soon lost sight of Atta. She found an old stone column and went to the top of it so she could have a bird's-eye view of Cleopatra's underwater palace. After viewing everything to explore, she didn't know where to begin. So she looked around for Atta to guide her, but he was nowhere to be seen. As she looked down toward the ocean floor, she saw two dark eyes peering up at her from beneath the sand. And it only took her a second to realize that was Squatina. But it was too late. Squatina instantly launched herself from the sand and shot straight upwards at lightning speed. Chapter 3 Everything flashed at once in Caroless' mind. Atta had warned her to follow him closely, and in her eagerness, she had been careless. He had also warned her about Squatina and her crafty ways and unmatchable speed. Caroless was unable to move as she watched Squatina shooting straight for her. And then in a flash the coiled stone serpent transformed into a giant whip that reached up and across the waters and wrapped itself around Squatina and flung her far, far away from Cleopatra's palace. Then just as quickly, the whip coiled back down to the ocean floor and transformed back into the stone serpent. Carolus was unable to speak, and instead she let out a few bubbles and then she turned to see Atta sitting on the stone lion's head staring right at her Atta was shaking his head back and forth as if to say I told you so but instead he just opened one eyeball bigger than the other and used it to look directly at Caroles then he turned to swim away. Carolus didn't need a scolding. She knew she was careless, and she knew that Atta knew she knew. That was all that was necessary. She silently promised herself that she would pay attention to everything going forward. When she caught up with Atta, he turned to her and said,
1: Isn't Cleopatra's palace one of the most wonderful wondrous places you have ever visited. It is
0: unlike anywhere I have ever been before, and I want to see it all, Kerales replied. Then you shall, said Atta. Now follow me. Atta led Kerales through the underwater city. They started with the large stone columns that gave off a feeling of royalty. The columns were scattered throughout the sea floor. As they moved through the maze, Atta introduced Kerales to all of the statues. And as he did, each one came alive in the same way that the serpent had turned into a whip. The lion holding the ball transformed into a giant octopus with a huge smile and eight waving arms. This
1: is Octavius, and although he looks like a fierce lion, he is the brains behind keeping our underwater
0: palace safe, and we do as he advises, said Atta. Octavius gave a little wink to Caroless and then quickly turned back into stone. It is important that outsiders don't know our secrets, said Atta, as he led Kerales over to the sphinxes Caroles nodded her head in agreement. These two are dolphins,
1: Taptra and Tetpet, and they swim all over the Mediterranean and let us know what is going on and when we must become statues to avoid fishermen, hunters, and other predators.
0: Next he went over to the coiled serpent, who had transformed into the whip, but now she bowed down to Carolus, smiled, and said,
1: Welcome, Isis, at your service.
0: You've already saved my life. I think that is service enough, giggled Caroless, <laughs> as Isis coiled back again into a stone snake. Atta spent the rest of the afternoon introducing Caroless to all of the stone inhabitants of Cleopatra's underground palace. Each one was charming and gracious and delighted to meet Caroless, as they knew she came in peace. Carol felt honored and proud that she was allowed to know the secret of the stone statues. This was a secret she would guard deep in her heart. After a long and social afternoon, Atta told Carol he had to visit his family, who were hidden far away from the fishermen.
1: You stay here amongst the statues and you will be safe, but
0: don't trust
1: anyone but the statues i will be back for you after i visit my family said atta
0: Carol S. smiled and agreed she loved being in an underwater palace and set off to explore some more she went down to the base of one of the sphinxes and started to dig around and build underwater sandcastles when she came upon a tiny shiny blue crab "Well, hello there, little crab," said Caroless. "Hello to you too.
1: I'm Cytheria. Let's build sandcastles,
0: and you can tell me all about your day," replied the crab, who had been patiently and silently waiting to meet Caroless. The two of them started about making sandcastles. And were chatting away, Cytherea told Carolus all about her crab family and friends. Then she asked,
1: "Who are your friends in Cleopatra's palace?"
0: Caroles smiled broadly and thought about Octavius, Tabtra, Tetpet, Isis, and all the others she met. Then she opened her mouth and said. Chapter 4 Carol S. was so delighted to make yet another friend that she didn't even stop to think about revealing the identities of the statues and how she had promised to keep their secret. Well, you know all about the stat... She managed to get out when suddenly a huge underwater wave knocked Carol S. from the sea floor and she started to float away. Cytheria immediately began to scurry along the sand in the direction of Caroless. She whipped out her mini paddle-like appendages and glided along the ocean floor. Caroless looked back as the wave carried her far, far away. She had no control over her movement. When Cytheria was finally... Out of sight, Carol S. was set down in front of the lion in Cleopatra's palace. She looked up at him and saw a slight squint in his eyes. Octavius wasn't happy with her, and she knew why. She had almost been a bit too careless with her secret. Carol S. made a slight grimace and bowed her head. I'm so sorry. How can I make it up to you? she asked. The lion's statue began to shake and then crumble. And when the stone fell away, there was Octavius with his eight arms floating right in front of Carolus.
1: I know what you can do.
0: I have a plan, burbled Octavius. Anything! Just tell me, replied Caroless. Octavius then laid out his brilliant plan. He explained to Caroless that Cytheria was a spy for the fishermen in exchange for her own safety, and when she figured out who the statues really were, she would surely tell the fishermen and lead them to Cleopatra's palace. The palace was a safe underwater sanctuary for over a thousand years and no one wanted that to change they had to constantly outwit intruders including cytheria
1: go to cytheria and this time tell her all about the dolphins and the octopus that you met along your journey but tell her that they are moving in the direction of jerusalem and headed to the east she will believe you, and she will tell the fishermen and lead them far, far away from our underwater paradise,
0: said Octavius. Oh, you are very clever, Octavius. That is a very good idea, said Carolus. Indeed it is, said Octavius as he turned back into the stone lion. Caroles looked around and saw Atta returning to the scene. Atta just laughed and waved and said, <laughs> Follow me. He led Caroles through the sea until they saw Cytherea digging in the sand. They joined her and made fast friends, and eventually Caroles told her all about her new friends, the dolphins and the octopus, who were headed east towards Jerusalem. Once Cytherea had her information, she said, Well, I'm tired. I'm going home. And off she scurried to tell the fisherman. Caroless and Atta looked at each other and smiled. Then Atta said,
1: And now, sweet Caroless, it's time for you to return home.
0: Atta led Caroless back to Cleopatra's palace, where she said goodbye to all her new friends with a promise to visit again. Then she sat down on the ocean floor as Isis turned herself into a whip and gently picked up Carol and lifted her above the water and flew her all the way back to Goop World, where she deposited Carol right in front of the ivy-covered wall with a tiny thud. Carol looked around for I lost him but he was nowhere to be found because he was deep deep inside a rainforest but that is a tale for another time Okay, so that's it for this episode of Goop Tales and the next one we will venture into a rainforest with I lost them and in the meanwhile you can go to gooptails.com forward slash episode 44 to see pictures of Cleopatra's underwater palace um, that go with this story so I think that's all I wanted to say on that note and then for all of you who have written out to me once again to offer to help support Gooptails, I really appreciate it It takes a lot of work. It's myself, um, an editor and a sound editor. So if you would like to help support, we would all be appreciative. And you can just go to gooptails.com forward slash donate. Or there's also a donate button in the upper right hand corner. And you can just do what you want to, whatever you want to do, whatever feels good for you. Um, So that's it. I'm just trying to think. I feel like I'm missing something. We're up to episode 44. I can't believe that. There's less than, let's see, we have eight more. Um, No, seven more. And then I'm going to start combining the goops and taking them on adventures together. So if you have any ideas for that, you can write me in at maria at gooptales.com. All right, everybody, make every day a goop day, and I will see you next time.